Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where Alex and Dave today are going to just talk about life, answer Q&A questions from the Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group yet, make sure you join so that you can actually have a say in what we talk about. And uh, selfishly, I'm going to ask that if you haven't done so yet, we would love one of them five-star reviews or one star if you think we're trash, but preferably, you know, five-star uh, on Apple or your favorite platform because uh, – Alex and I don't make any money doing this yet, and uh, we don't sell anything on this, and I uh, don't ever ask for reviews, so here you go. Yeah, we're only in it for the vanity, so we need some, we need some, <laughs> we need some clicks. We need the algorithm to work for us. Also, you can give David a one-star review and give me four stars, and you can feel good and just you know total up to five. That sounds good. Yeah, as long as it's uh, one review with both of those numbers and not yeah. a four and a one because that would suck so yeah <laughs> uh, i like um, this idea q a i don't care about small talk i don't want to know anything about what you got going on let's, let's hit that q a let's add some value all right so here's the real question are we going to go through every single question no matter what or am i going to scroll through and see what's up just start I think asking we go through them, them all you ask me the questions and i'll give all the right. correct answer Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger. Vic One Oscar Mike. Hey guys, if you're looking to take your investing, business, life, or just yourself to the next level, then I have something for you. The War Room Real Estate Military Mastermind Group is a mastermind group that meets weekly in small groups of five to six people to help you hold yourself accountable and really experience that growth. But we also have a monthly guest speaker that we bring in. And we've had guest speakers that talk about mindfulness, taxes. We're bringing in somebody to talk about marketing. We bring in very specific topics that will adhere to very broad, any any kind of real estate investing or investing or entrepreneurship that you want to do, and will really help you out. We let you ask these speakers questions and get very personal with them. And then back to the small groups, weekly accountability for what you're trying to achieve and just being surrounded by like-minded people. And they say your network is your net worth. I know that's an overused phrase, but I recommend that you check it out. So just shoot an email to wrmastermind at gmail.com. Once again, that's wrmastermind at gmail.com. And we'll send you some more information. Okay. So here you go. Here's the first question on the list. Unfiltered. How much does David Perret bench press? Oh, are we guessing? I don't know. Well, so <laughs> I don't think any bench press presses anything. <laughs> my 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 response to that was my PR or the current patheticness after training for an Ironman for the last year, and uh, so so the answers to that would be I actually can't remember either three forty five or three fifty five was PR and. Uh, I did 225 for a set of six last week. I have no idea where that actually puts me for a one rep. I haven't been in the gym more than the last six weeks getting back into it. So not where I used to be, but getting there. Wow. That was a lot of like excuses and deflection, like a lot of, wow, 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 wow. Well, that was an answer. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite the answer. We need a therapist, like a therapist. Cause there's a lot to pull apart in that response. Oh Go God. ahead. All Hit right. the next one. Hit the next one. The ne okay. So there's one that just says I sent you a PM and I never saw it. So oops. Uh, and then we got, wait, wait, wait. no, this is good. What's the best way to get a hold of David Perret? 
the really the best way is either on Instagram or to email military to millionaire at Gmail and have my assistant schedule something. Wait, wait, did uh, they send I, you a did they send you a DM on Instagram and you missed it? That happens. You know what? I'm gonna give a good piece of advice for everybody that's listening. There's this really weird culture where somebody says, I don't want to reach out to somebody popular or famous or important or whatever because I don't want to waste their time. I never think that. I always think about people as if it's their own responsibility to manage their time properly. So if I want to reach out to, um, I just got off the phone with Jay Scott. People go, oh, how'd you, because I just call him when I freaking feel like it. I just call him and I say, if he doesn't want to answer it, then he doesn't answer or he doesn't text me back or whatever the case. Same thing, you know, I talk to other people that are in this community and if you want to talk to David or you want to talk to me or you want to talk to somebody and they don't answer you, it's like, just reach out again. Like it's their job to manage their time, not your job to manage their time. So if David, um, dropped a message, which happens to everybody message him again. I, I will also say that in the last, within the last two, three weeks, I have gone from 720 contacts in my phone to 508. And of those 508, over 300 of them are blocked numbers now. So I can contact them and they cannot contact me. And I turned off notifications for all of my social platforms, deleted Facebook Messenger from my phone so I can only access it from my computer and set several template safeguards for my assistant that said, if they haven't done X, Y, Z, you know, push it out and see if they're going to stay in touch. Because I, I just I was do exactly what you said. I am a people guy, right? I'm a high eye. I like people to like me and I really struggle with saying no. And so I was like, I got to set safeguards because I'm spending hours on the phone all the time and not getting anything done. Well, if it makes our listeners feel any better, I have almost infinite access to David and it's grossly, grossly overrated. So you're not missing. Much. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to Alex. Don't talk to me. <laughs> um, what was that? Oh, and yeah. And the biggest one of that is if you want to just pick my brain and you haven't read the book yet, then I'm going to be like, have you read the book? You should go read the book because that's going to answer 90% of your questions. And yeah, sure and you can get it for free on the website. So, uh, all right, let's see. Um, what are, how to go about updating a house with long-term tenants? Ooh, have you ever tried to one? renovate anything with tenants in it? Um, have I? Um, yeah, not much. It's not, it's not ideal, but yeah, I have. Um, dude, you just have to, first off, why? Why? Are you just trying to like renovate a place that you're ready to get ready to kick them out of? And then... Um, do something with because like I understand that, but also like they're people. If that's the case, like they're people, like just try to cram the reno in as soon as they leave. Um, if it's for them, then work around their schedule. But I don't understand why you would want to renovate a place while somebody's living in it. I mean, other than to like get ahead of you know you selling it or refinancing or getting new tenants. But the reality is, some of these things come with it's hard to renovate a house while somebody's living in it, especially if it's a full like a real renovation. It's hard just to paint a house with somebody living in it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would make sure that's a conversation because they probably don't want you to be renovating stuff while they're living in it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's still people. Right. You can say, well, it's my property. And I want to sell it or I just bought it. and I want to get them out. And, you know, they're just inherited tenants or whatever tenants, or whatever. And like I understand all that, but also they're human beings and um, you can sort of work around. You have contracts like you can sort of work around that. Hey, they got to go. Well, then go. And then you gonna spend five, six weeks, you know, have a little bit of cash to, to cover that gap. But. I mean, I don't know if this is the case. I'm just saying that, like you said, there's a conversation there. I would, uh, you mentioned inherited tenants. I would say that you should absolutely, as far as risk goes, while doing a renovation with tenants, I would not recommend updating anything cosmetic with inherited tenants. Uh, and I say that from experience, all of my worst tenant stories have been inherited tenants that I didn't screen and they were not, 
they were all mom and pop owners and they would not have passed our screening as tenants, but we can't just move in and be like, yeah, you don't qualify. Goodbye. Um, because they already had a lease. So also you have, uh, when you have a place that's being renovated, like dude, you got reliability. Somebody's going to trip on a freaking tool left over or there's something. Yeah. I don't know. That just seems like, yeah, I would just, I've always just done it on turnover. Yeah. All right. Next one. I love this. All right. Uh, let's see. So, uh, this one's actually from my assistant. She asked, what are some liabilities if she wants to add a cabin to her property to rent out on Airbnb? Uh, would there be additional insurance? Should you ooh, should you put it in an LLC even if you bought it as a primary? I, I mean, my answer to that would be the insurance would just be letting your insurance know, hey, this is getting added because it's still primary insurance. It wouldn't – I don't think it – I mean, I would consult with an insurance company, but as far as the LLC goes now, I would just, I would, if it's your primary and it's in your name, you probably wouldn't, that's always such a headache, right? Uh, to try to move that over and get the bank's approval. I don't know that the advantage is really there when you have one property. Um, um, I would take the Airbnb income and the Airbnb expenses, not the mortgage, and I would put those in an LLC. That's what I would do. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, I wouldn't right, put the property. See. I wouldn't put the property over. The property would stay as the primary. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let's see. All right. So Tyler Goble asks if Alex is more concerned with rising interest rates or cost of hair products, and has he hedged his bets by becoming a low key hat guy? Okay. Fantastic questions. <laughs> uh, I'm a hair guy today, not a hat guy today, but my my hair my hat is always here to, for uh, in case I need to you know Clark Kent this thing. Um, I do worry about inflation of hair products and that's why I buy like 15 bottles of my favorite product all at once. So I'm stocked up for like, I mean, like a year, <laughs> maybe two years. Oh my goodness. Uh, Rory Compton asked about your hair routine, although you answered in pretty substantial detail in the comments on that. So unless you have anything to add, we can just move on. Dude, these are a lot, a lot of hair comments. Wow. Um, Okay. All right. John Gracias. Um, getting the younger generation to start real estate investing with house hacking with a VA loan. Uh, oh, I have capital and good credit. Just need guidance. So not necessarily a question so much as a generic. Can you give me the, you know, um, I mean, I've got tons of content out on house hacking. So I'll just give you the, the 30 second overview is house hacking can work in any market if you buy the right way. Uh, you run the numbers the right way. And I think it's, I don't think there's a better way to start with investing because you have to pay to live somewhere. And so if you can eliminate that expense and have other people pay for it, then there's not a whole lot of ways that you can increase the amount you can invest that quickly. And it's not as, it's not as scary and it's not as risky as your first investment being a uh, absentee because got to live somewhere and you live in the property. Like when you tell people that you're going to buy a house, that's the American dream. When you tell people you're going to buy a rental, the horror stories come out. And so it's easier to get past analysis paralysis on your first one. And people will be more supportive if you're buying like a, a duplex, triplex and renting other units. I love it. Yeah. I think for me, what, what really changed real estate is when I started to make friends with people who are doing what I wanted to do. And then there, I was like, oh, these knuckleheads can do it. Then I can probably do it. And so if you're worried about house hacking or you're worried about, you know, you're just worried about like pulling the trigger, just go find somebody in your area. There's probably somebody in the military and millionaire community that lives where you live that has done what you want to do. And if you just talk to them and then you're like, well, that person did it and I can freaking figure it out. And then a lot of it is, you know, I, I met last weekend was a guy named um, Felipe Mejia. 
And he had a really great quote. He goes, never ask for permission to be successful. And in some ways, I think part of it is like a bigger conversation about like how we are raised in this country. But a lot of people like they have this thing where it's very hard for them to go off and do what they feel like doing. They, they, they're looking for like a pre-paved pathway. And for a lot of things that we're doing, there is no pre-paved pathway. So some some of this is you just got to go out and do it. And um, and like David said, a lot of, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, it's a really good way to subsidize costs. It's a really good way to get in the game and learn and, and get some of that stress of like having roommates and having a property and, and responsibility. And then you make some money. And then, um, like I said, if you can find some people in your area that have done it too, um, there's always going to be a like a fear of the unknown jumping off the cliff. But the reality is, um, you know, just go knock it out. It'll work. All right. Uh, let's see. So the next one up, Brandon Kitchen wants to know how you balance military, family, friends, and real estate investing. Uh, my, my answer would be not well enough. I, uh, you know, my, uh, not to get super personal, but the relationship with my wife has struggled for a little while after being away for a, an extended period of time and, and focusing all my free time on real estate and the platform. Um, I didn't spend as much time with friends. I, Alex and I were talking about this just the other day uh, and I was kind of joking, but it's like, I forgot how to have fun. Right. So uh, I went all in on real estate and I don't necessarily regret that because it allows me now to pull back and focus on more important things. But I think there would have been a way uh, in fact, I'm sure there's a, a better way to have balanced that. So, yeah. I know tons of people that mess this up. Have yeah, it's a it's a hard equation. Yeah, people, what they do is they go all in on real estate. I, I talk about it like like your life is like a house, and so the things that you ignore, they don't go away. They're like you put them in a closet. They don't go away. They're still in the house. Well, if you ignore things for too long, like they catch on fire, and so like you. The, the closet's on fire. It's like, it's going to spread, right? It's not contained. Fire doesn't contain that, that easy. So you have to like, I don't know. Um, I see a lot of people who, as I my, uh, saying that I've become fond of recently is, um, they're letting life get in the way of life. Um, you know, they're like, I gotta do this job. I go to this thing. I do this ambitious thing. And then they miss out on their life or their, you know, like I said, friends, family and all these things. So, um, I'm sort of the opposite. I've spent a lot of time enjoying my life and not enough time being um, capitalist ambitious and everybody's got to find their, their little path, but it's a tough one. And David, I'm very glad that you shared some, that it's not all, it's not all rainbows and people see you, I'm sure. And they go, Oh my God, that guy has it all together. And it's like, well, everybody's got balance and you know um, you see people that are doing really well in one area and they might not be so happy in others. And, also, the internet's full of fucking lies. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people don't. You, you talk to successful people, and they will talk about this if you ask them. But they don't. It's not publicly. It's not sexy, so it's not what they're publicly sharing. Struggle uh, doesn't sell. I don't know that balance is a real thing. Uh, sorry, so I don't is, mean that people should have balance. I mean people. So sorry, sorry, cut you off. I want to express myself, explain myself before you retort. But like people are on a whole balanced. They're not good at everything. So the people who can leverage and learn how to do really lean into what they're really good at and then sort of sub out or avoid what they're really bad at, they tend to do better on life overall. But I don't mean balance. I don't think life has any kind of really balance. It's more about like uh, assessing strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And I think you go all in on one thing and then you 
So like, you know, people try to find the balance. I mean, it, it, it's like, okay, well, there's this time in a season for everything. So, you know, you, if, if you, if you go hard in the paint, then you can lay off that. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways to look at this. I would recommend checking out the book uh, Michael Hyatt wrote. It's called uh, Free to Focus. I read that in December and it's changed a lot for me. Um, it, one of the things that I loved about it, it's all about planning and scheduling and all this other stuff, but it, it takes a totally different approach than most books. And the thing that I loved about it was the idea of a like not to-do list and a desire zone. And so a brief overview of both the desire zone is like, things that you're you're good at and you're passionate about that's what you should be focusing all your time at and then it, it talks about all the other four sectors and how to either delegate or uh, get rid of or or whatever um, and that was really cool to write out and and talk through but the the not to do list was huge so I was sitting down and I you know I've been trying to figure out all these ways to time block all these things and he was basically like just draw a line in the sand say I will not schedule anything after 5 p.m oh okay I will not schedule anything on weekends I will you know, so like for me this summer, it's been, I don't, I don't schedule anything after 5 PM other than the once a week, uh, seven o'clock office hours call for the mastermind group. I don't schedule anything on weekends other than the one mastermind call on Saturday, uh, work related. And, uh, for the summer, the summer it's been that I don't, uh, I don't work Tuesdays. I've been taking every Tuesday off to spend time with family. Slacker. Yeah. But you know what? It feels good. Yeah. You've been doing really good about it. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, okay, so we got Ken Jewell asked asset protection in California and private retirement plans. So I, I don't necessarily know what they mean by private retirement plans and asset protection is going to be the same idea in all 50 states. Do you have thoughts? Yeah, too vague. I'm so sorry, Ken. Like, I don't know what that means. Asset protection. I, I don't I know what that means. Insurance, to... get an LLC. I mean, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what else you mean. Um, yeah, my, my, my deferred answer would be talk to a professional because everyone's situation is different. And by the way, uh, shameless plug, if you go to frommilitarymillionaire.com slash PCS, uh, they will give you a free consult as far as LLCs and stuff for anyone in the group. So do you get paid for that? Because I don't get paid for that. that. Uh, that's a interesting point. Um, there is an affiliate relationship there. I don't know that I've ever mentioned it on the podcast before, but um, – <sighs> So David's uh he's freeloading off of my intellectual property and my personality. So just putting that out there. That's the I want that. Uh, Mario, I want that to be the podcast. Um that's the highlight. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Uh let's see. So fam, I'm sorry, I'm gonna mess up the rest of your name. So uh, I want to start flipping houses, so I have a few questions. First is, how can I find a good deal? I'll just read all three. How can I find a good deal to repair during this all-time high market? Can you flip far away, generating everything online? Or do you have to be there to check the work? And how to find reliable contractors during this lack of supply chains? Oof, man, those are the three questions. Bro, I think you have an unbelievable uphill battle right now. I'm so sorry to say. I think... Right now is a very difficult time. It's a difficult time for me, and I have like a good chunk of experience in real estate. Um, you have to be very sophisticated, I think, to do well in this market. Um, even my contractors are having a tough time, and I'm like boots on the ground. Uh, trying to generate that relationship, trying to get them to care about you, when the reality is there's a million other people in this market who will pay them easier money that are close. Um, and, you know, finding deals like you're, again, you're, you're not finding, you're you're paying against everybody else in the country who who has access to to online real estate now. So 
Um, I think those are really three really good questions. I think those are questions that you really have to go answer. You have to build the relationships on the ground with both wholesalers, with MLS, um, you know, investor-driven agents. And I think you have to build relationships with um, um, contractors on the ground in that market. And I think that that's going to take some time. I think that's going to take a good chunk of time. I think you need to fly out there a couple of times, meet these people, shake some hands, see some other flippers and what they're doing. I mean, if you're really going to make this like a long play business, then you can do it and it's going to take some time. If you think that this is going to be a quick flip, easy, make 20, 30, 40 grand from across the country and somebody else is just going to do it all for you, I think you're out of your effing mind right now. Yeah, because someone else will take it up. If they're, yeah. they're local, they've been doing it for a while. Yeah, so so my answers to the three would be uh, how to find deals. Uh, if you want to go all in on finding off-market deals, you'll get great prices, but that's a whole business model on its end. Uh, not an easy process to set up, not as easy as sending 10 letters and getting a response, I promise. Um, so I would say go to Google, type in sell my house fast, city, state, and then all of the websites that pop up, click on all of them, message every single one of them and say, I want to be on your buyer's list. Those are all your wholesalers in town. So uh, get on their list, go to local investor meetups and network with those uh, wholesalers because they they make money when you buy. So they are going to send you deals. Uh, I would not personally recommend flipping from far away off the bat. Uh, you're gonna, I learned a, a $30,000 lesson doing that. And uh not to say you can't be successful, but there's a lot of systems and things you don't know when you first start flipping. And this is a, as Alex alluded, a expensive market where it's easy to go over budget and uh, things are kind of crazy right now. So it's, it's not, not that you can't flip from afar, but you really need to do your homework before you do that because you need to know how you're going to manage the contractors, manage the project factor draws. I would, I would actually recommend partnering some with someone who is local to help you manage it if you're going to do that. Um, and then as far as the contractors, yeah, network, uh, real estate investor associations, go to Home Depot's at five, six in the morning and see who's there. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, every house flipper I've ever met who's talked problems. Contractors is always one of the biggest problems and it's not because they suck. It's because, if they're really affordable, they probably suck. And if they're really good, they're probably not affordable. And you got to try to find that like perfect middle ground with someone who's willing to grow with you. And you have to convince them why you're worth growing with and you have to pay them well. And you have to, uh, you got to know how to manage them. And a lot of contractors are really great at swinging hammers and not really great at running a business. So there's a lot of, I mean, that's what, that's with anything that's, uh, like self-employed, but, uh, you just got to, I mean, it's all about relationships. Go listen to bigger pockets. Episode three, 84. My very, very, very good friend who is now an internet celebrity. Spencer Cornelia was on that episode. He flipped two houses in Ohio while we were all friends. This is back in like 2020 when the market was um, much actually easier. And he flipped two houses, hard money was I thought he was going to crush it. And in the end, he ended up losing $60,000. Um, he had a very tough time of it. And he d detailed his, he detailed his story on that episode, Bigger Pockets episode 384. So um, again, not to say you can't do it. And if you're playing the long game, then it won't really matter because you'll get good at it over time. But if you think it's going to be easy, you are mistaken. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah. And I, for the record, since then, I've had several successful flips that have more than made that $30,000 back. But again, 
it's not as easy as it looks on TV or from the investors who post the check and say, look at how this flip turned out. Here's the before and after pictures. There's a lot more that goes into that. Uh, We got one from Rachel Herkelman, which says uh, debt solutions consolidation. Uh, A lot of service members, people in general could use advice on how to climb out of that hole and start investing. Dude, you know, we talk a lot about real estate because it's a real estate podcast. Uh, but personal finance is actually much more important because, you know, real estate investing in general is going to go sort of with tailwinds and uh, headwinds of the market. Um, especially if you're like a really passive, just like set it and forget it, dollar cost averaging investor. You don't really care about the up and down markets, um, which I think is most of our viewers. But personal finance will carry you a lot farther because it's not about what you make. It's about what you do with what you make. And the first thing I'll say for people who want to invest or get ready to invest, like the most Three most important things I think for personal finance are track where every dollar where you track every dollar that comes in and out of your accounts and track your net worth. Once you start seeing where all the money goes, then you can properly allocate it or start yelling at yourself for being irresponsible. Two, yeah, pay off that debt. So, like what I do is every time a dollar comes into my accounts, like 20% of it goes into long term savings. But before that, I split it. So 10% goes into savings, 10% goes to pay off debt. Cut those credit cards up. Just get rid of them. I don't care what you're like. If you have to sell a freaking car, like get rid of everything that's costing you, um, um, you know, consumer debt. And then um, what was the third one? I forget. Pay off the debt. <laughs> yeah, save that. Save save the income. The twenty percent. Pay um pay off all consumer debts and um track the income. It's so important. I, I I don't know about debt consolidation. I know like some of it's a scam. I know some of it's legitimate. I know debt consolidation companies. Um, like I said, some of them are like really sleazy and they're, they're, they got fees and whatnot. I don't know if you need it. I tend to think you don't. I tend to think the problem is behavioral, not, um, it's sort of like stimul. uh, it's sort of like, um, student loans. So they're like, cancel the student loans. I'm like, they're still issuing new ones. What do you think? You're, you're solving the symptom, solve the cause. And so the cause of the consumer debt is poor behavior. Fix that. The rest paying off debts is sort of much easier. Yeah, I, I lean towards the, you know, I always tell people like the debt snowball or the debt avalanche, right? So the idea being, uh, try to make this as simple as possible. Let's say you have six debts and each of them is $500 a month minimum payment. And so that's $3,000 a month that you got to pay on your debt. And you have an extra $4,000 that you could put in. So essentially like the idea is instead of paying a little bit extra on all of your debts, you pay the minimum on five of them. And on the last one, you would pay double. And then once that one's paid off, you roll what you were paying for the minimum plus the additional into the second debt. And as you go, it pays off. That's the fastest way to pay off the, the, the fastest or the, the, the most efficient way to do that is to go after the highest interest rate debt first from a dollar standpoint, but psychologically and by human nature, it's generally easier to go after the smallest uh, total debt first so that you get those wins along the way. And depending on your interest rates, it may be a negligible difference for you to go after the wins along the way as opposed to – I think that's the best way to pay off debt. I agree. Debt consolidation, uh, probably overrated because – especially because let's say you consolidate all of that into one payment. And then now your credit card has no balance and you want those new Nikes. Uh, that's where I think the problem comes in is if you can't control the ability to spend the, those debts again and, and build them again, then like 
debt consolidation is just going to set you up for failure. If your cards are maxed out, you can't use them, so you're not going to spend any more money. Uh, it's not the right way to look at it, but um, yeah, yeah, I think that. I mean, that's yeah, and personal finances. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Fix the fix the behavior. The behavior is the problem generally. Fix the behavior. Once you really fix the behavior, then the the, the money will work out. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that was actually our last question. What? Um, what? I know, right? We should have had like another hundred questions on here, but uh, we had eighteen. So we need to do more of this. Okay, everybody who's listening, send your questions in, David. We need to have like a we need to have like a dedicated place to, for people to do this, so that we can make a little community out of it. Okay, so send in your questions and send in solutions for weekly Q and A's. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll 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 build it out. And also, make it happen. Um, there are sponsorship opportunities available for the Military Millionaire Podcast. We have we have something coming up that we're going to announce probably next episode about sponsorship opportunities. This is um, now. I think if you get four or five thousand downloads per month, you're in the top three percent of podcasts worldwide. And the Military Millionaire is coming up on ten thousand, putting us. We're like a really big deal. Really, really big deal. Wow. So, but very much appreciate all of the listeners throughout the years. Very, very grateful. Um, the five-star reviews, like we said in the earlier show, they help. Um, and if you want to reach 10,000 monthly active investors, these are not our user base as everybody's listening is probably not passive investors. Some of them, if you're a passive investor, call me immediately. If you are an active <laughs> investor, then maybe you want to reach some of these people. Maybe you're a lender. Maybe you're a um, wholesaler who wants to get a wide audience of buyers. Maybe you're a... I don't know what you do. Maybe you sell insurance. But if you want to talk to active investors, um, we are willing to... We are now in a, going to start spon- uh, having sponsors to the show because daddy's got to get paid, bro. Alex got to get paid. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex, before we uh, wrap up, since we did have fewer questions than we anticipated, give the uh, the five minute update. What's what's new with Alex and what are you looking for? Alex is a mess. My life is in complete shambles. And I just want to let everybody know that the game is long. You know, I decided a long time ago that I'm going to live to 120 and I pulled my head out of my ass. It wasn't until I was 30, 30 years old somewhere in there that I really started to get my stuff together. So I'm only eight. Okay. So, and I'm lived to 120. So I got time, bro. I know that math doesn't actually work out, but it's close. Right. So my point is, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. I've been really stressed out because I'm not what I thought I was supposed to become. And I don't really know what I want to become anymore. Right. I got this house that I just moved into the new set. It's coming along, but not done. Miss Kate and I, my girlfriend, you know, she's uh, been traveling. I've been traveling. So it's been tough. Um, I want to launch a new podcast. I want to do more camera work. If you are, uh, it, check out my YouTube channel. I just in, I just went out to Oklahoma City. And I did a video about Naaman, who was on this show a few months ago, and I got some other sh- things coming up. I'd love to tell stories about uh, entrepreneurs and real estate investors. So if you are, uh, especially on the Eastern Seaboard, and I get there in a day and drive, and you want to be on camera and you want to tell your story on um, YouTube, please reach out to me. Um, you probably have to pay me, but I'll give you a lot of high res media. I'll give you content. I'll give you marketing content for your uh, for your business as well. Uh, I got some of those gigs coming up for other real estate investors, uh, namely uh, I think. Jay Scott and I are going to work together on some of his syndications. So it's a very valuable skill. And yeah, that's it, man. I'm a mess. What do you want to tell you? Yeah. I mean, uh, I feel the same, right? Uh, I'm really focusing on cutting out things that don't get me excited. So I've had a, you know, I sold the wholesaling company, uh, shut down another opportunity that had looked somewhat promising, but didn't align with what I was trying to do with the military millionaire community. Um, and I've kind of realized that like, if I've got like a, a recurring call scheduled 
to go over an opportunity or, or uh, something we're moving towards. And every time that call comes up, I get the old, oh, that call. Then it's time to just cut it out. Right? That's so how I'm I feel trying. about the Military to Millionaire podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying very hard to focus on what's important. And it, it's interesting to see that, um, you know, when you're not like when it feels like when you're, when you're starting to move that way that, um, you would lose out on a lot, but I feel like I've actually had a really good month or two. In fact, last month was the most gross revenue I've ever brought in in my life. Uh, granted that was a lot of things coming in at once, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel, feel good. Right. And I'm enjoying life a little bit more. So I'm trying to do that. Uh, Alex, you'll be pleased to know that I had a sleep study a week and a half ago. Oh God. And I got woken up in the middle of the night and got the CPAP put on and it 100% stopped the snoring and I slept like a baby for the next four hours. So, you know, once I get that thing in, I'm actually going to be able to sleep again and, and other people in the house will be able to sleep again. It'll be great. David and I roomed um, together in Austin and Dave and I roomed together for the last time of fucking forever in Austin. So I don't care what kind of equipment you get. I'm never trying this again. No, it was awful. Oh, I don't. That's fine. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just funny because we had roomed together three or four times previous and there was no issue. And then uh, yeah. I don't know what happened, but my body was like, screw you, dude. You don't need to sleep. And it's been uh, it's been a wreck for a long time. So glad to finally be getting that curbed. Hey, uh, let's, let's do um, we have um, let's do some pre-sale because you're terrible at this. OK, so David has been and I have been wanting to do events for a while. The war room that um, literally what I was about to talk about. Well, then you suck. Well, <laughs> after you get get on my level. <laughs> um, we want to yeah, have an event. You- there's a tremendous, I'm gonna give you guys a, let me give you guys a full pitch. I know we have about nine minutes. Okay. There's a tremendous opportunity in community building in, in American culture right now. Um, COVID, you know, shut everybody down. Everybody got isolated and they said, Oh, it's the, it's the time, the age of zoom. It's the age of zoom. Let me tell you something, bro. It is not the age of zoom. Zoom showed everybody that, that it's going to be a very, very long time before we replace in-person, um, in-person meetings. And I think anybody who's been to conferences or meetups knows that there's just something magical about getting to know your fellow human being, like-minded human beings face to face. And even more so when you get like to an intimate setting, like what I call lobby con, when it's you and eight people at the end of the night drinking and, and really talking about things that matter, or you go overseas and you go to a retreat. And so Dave and I are planning something in Central or South America um, at the end of this year. It will be a retreat style. It will not be focused on content. It will be focused on adventure, but you will be with like-minded real estate investors. And that's, uh, it's a hard thing to value from a tangible perspective to say, Hey, we're not going to have content, but we think that it's incredibly valuable from a putting meaning to your life, um, sort of thing. So we don't know exact timelines. We don't know exact, um, costs yet, but I'm going to say some anyways, because I want to make sure that we sell these tickets. It's going to be about 15 people in somewhere like, um, let's say Honduras or Guatemala or somewhere like that. And it's going to cost about 3,500 bucks a pop. And it'll be about four days and it'll be epic. Oh, and guess what? We're going to have a professional photographer and videographer there. Make sure that we have um, unbelievable memories. I went out of country three times already this year. I'm going to go probably another one or two. I would love to for if you're at all interested in your no no that's not correct if you're seriously interested um we are we do expect to sell these things um fast it is going to be limited i think it'll be 15 people at the absolute most so if you want to get down and you do uh reach out immediately let's get that conversation started let's lock these things in 
and let's go have a magical adventure, life changing adventure. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, like, like you said, we haven't completely nailed in price yet, but we want it to include everything other than flight or everything other than flight and accommodations, depending on what we have to do accommodation wise. We're, we're looking for a big badass house that everybody can hang out at together. Uh, depending on how that plays out, we'll kind of shake, um, pricing and stuff. But yeah, the ultimate goal with this is to bring like-minded people together to, uh, to do some shared suffering. So, you know, maybe that's a hike, maybe that's a whatever, whatever that looks like something fun. That's a little bit challenging for everybody to, to get really close together. Um, lots of networking, lots of, uh, community stuff. Right. And if any of you've ever been to an event, you'll know that as a natural byproduct of that, the information sharing and the questions and the, the real estate and the business and the personal life and the, all of those conversations will come up and facilitate you getting a ton out of it. But it's just, I don't know, Alex and I go to a ton of events. I would say I went to too many last year and I'm trying to cut back. I'm an eventaholic and I want to spend time with my wife and my kids. But uh, I realized that it's almost every single event. It's not the content that I pay attention to or get anything out of. So no matter how amazing the content is, it's usually the conversations over breakfast, over lunch at the bar at the, in the evening. And those memories that actually make the event powerful. So we're going to try to focus in on that part. And, uh, I'm fucking excited. John Lalonde. It's going to be a good time. And Marty Tyler and I went to Iceland this year. We had, I mean, just a, I mean, it was just a pivotal, pivotal moment in our lives. And now we're all friends for life. So, you know, somebody asked earlier, how do I get a hold of David? I'm like, dude, you want to get a mentor? You want David Prey or Alex Fleece or some of these guys? I, we're probably going to get, I'm probably going to convince Matt DeBoss to come to this. You want to get some of these guys to be your mentor? Come spend a week. Um, come spend a week out of the country with us. And like David said, it'll cost you, ideally, it's going to cost you the, the rate and plus flight, all the food, all the events, all the itinerary will be included. So it's not like, you know, just a, we're not trying to make a lot of money on this or anything. We're just trying to um, get it done and not um, come out of pocket. So yeah. if you want a mentor, you can go buy a coaching class for a, a exponential, you know, multiple of what this would cost and it won't be as much fun. So this is going to get you access to a lot of great people and it'll be fairly cheap and you get to go to country and you get to have a magical experience. And we're going to go for a hike. Dude, there's nothing that bonds people more than like a 12 mile, 16 mile hike together. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. If we end up in Guatemala, it'll be up a volcano, uh, depending on where we end up. I mean, I'm in five and a half weeks. I will be in Peru doing the five day Inca trail up Machu Picchu with uh, two friends. So, dude, um, John Lalonde, I gave him so many Tinder pictures. I gave him so many pictures from Iceland for Tinder. He's like, dude, that thing is unstoppable now. My Tinder game is so sick. So for all my single friends that want to come to this, there's like layers of benefit here. <laughs> I, I, I don't suppose John will get as many Tinder pictures from me, but you know, Machu Picchu will still be awesome. Yeah. My camera skills aside, I can't, I can't ruin Machu Picchu with my camera skills. I just can't enhance it either. So you can ruin it. I've, I've known you a long time. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, what did we miss? Anything? We got all the Q and a out of the way. We got life updates. We announced subtly the thing that we are planning, which we should have way more details on Friday after our call, which I am actually excited about. So I know that that's something I'm not going to cut out of my life. Um, excited about it? Yes, you are. What time is it? Is that at 11 a.m.? Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you need to add? Um, nope. Leave us five-star reviews. Send us some Send us some Q&A for next time. I love this idea of doing a little of this. Um, that's not how we can add value to you.
and come to and start and reach out to David and let's talk about this event. Yeah, and uh, reach out to Alex and offer him money so that he can feel like his time's worth showing up for this podcast. Yeah, I'm making no money right now. I have no, I have no income. So if you, uh, if you want, dude, my my future is in cameras. So uh, I got some stuff coming up. If you wanna, if you wanna do some, if you want some marketing material, um, the guys at Rat Race to FI are really hyped up on Alex's skills. They they're hiring me for a bunch of events. My schedule's getting locked up. So if you wanna do some content together, I am the guy. Yeah, reach out now because. Sooner or later, he's going to be too expensive for you. Yeah, so. my schedule my schedule is kind of kind of lining up. <laughs> and as always, we appreciate you guys. So uh, have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military to slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.